Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. And uh, we are one week away from our 2021 vision offering. Um, And this is an important month in the life of our church as our whole church, every person, doesn't matter where you come from, what you do for a living, how much, and it doesn't matter. We all consider how we could invest to build the kingdom through Horizon Church. And it isn't about an amount, it's about a heart buy-in from every person. What could I do? Jesus, what are you calling me to do? And uh, so it's very special. But I hope tonight, as I preach towards our vision offering, because my job tonight, I just feel like, you know, God in me and in us wants to unlock faith, right? But I hope that if you are new and you're a guest here today, we love you so much. But I hope you hear purpose, not dollars. This is about purpose. This is not offering, it's got a bad rap. It's more about purpose and purpose and call. So, Um, why don't you grab a gift card if there's somewhere around you, there's a brochure and inside it, there's a gift card. Um, And I just quickly want to explain, for a lot of people, this will be your first time participating in a vision offering. So I just want to quickly explain how it works. So it's next weekend, Sunday, um, the 20th of June, next Sunday. um, And it's a two-part offering. Okay, and you can use, you can do both. You can do one or the other. It's up to you. But this is how we give at Horizon Church in our annual vision offering in two parts. The first part is a once-off gift where you consider, God, what am I going to give next Sunday, 20th of June? All right. The second part of the, the offering is a like a, a faith pledge. God, what are you calling me to give over the next 12 months? And so next Sunday, we'll have an amazing Sunday night service. Pastor Tim's bringing the word. It's going to be amazing, okay? But this is what we're considering if you're a part of Horizon Church. We're considering my gift and we're considering my faith promise. Does that make sense? So good. Well, people ask me sometimes, where, to who and where is your favourite place to preach? They ask Alyssa and I, like it's a common question. And I've got to say, my favourite place, you know, that I get to bring the word is to our youth leaders. Now, the reason why is our youth leaders, there's just such family vibes. There's such a high sense of trust. I'm, I, week in, week out, Alyssa and I are with the best crew ever. Now, you would think that we would talk about how to be a youth leader in like leaders meetings and stuff, but really... That sort of engine room is because I know these, these amazing volunteer leaders that we have, we've only got them for a season. Their impact on the world is not going to be limited to Horizon Youth. And I've, Alyssa and I, we sort of get to facilitate an environment where if we can stretch these people, like if I can grow the faith and contribute to the growing of the faith of someone like Josh Smith, the world is going to be blessed by this man. And so when God gives Alyssa or I a challenge on, to bring to our leaders, the first response I have is, ooh, they're going to love this. The ones where people say that was amazing, they say it was, it's the challenging ones. And it's just the high sense of trust and vulnerability and no need to impress, no need to look cool, sound cool, be funny. It's just family vibes. I've got a warning for you tonight. Sunday nights are starting to feel like family. Sunday nights are starting to feel like family. I look around the room and I'm like, number one, you can be here for the first week and immediately you feel like family. (laughs) 
I, there are some people that I feel like I've known and have been part of this church for, for literally years. And they've been here for two or three months. But I can see God grafting them into the fabric of Horizon Church and unlocking the call, unlocking the potential. And I've noticed a trend at Horizon Church, actually. People get called here, you know, an unsaved person that doesn't know the purposes of God, yet they can sense something significant on their life. God brings them here. They hear the message of Jesus. They get saved. They get radically transformed from the inside out. And I can watch, I'm watching this happen. I look around the room and it's crazy. I look at um, Cheryl and Anthony and I think these are servant-hearted, great people of faith. They're, they're passionate, but they're so humble and servant-hearted. I look at uh, probably the most inspirational worshipper in the room um, that I notice every week is Dale Pierce, And she inspires my faith. She, is, she stretches my prayer life just by me being in the same room, praying with her. I look at um, someone like Levi and I can see the purposes of God unlocking slowly but surely in him. Him coming to realise, man, there is great significance to my life. I look at someone like Satine who has for her whole life been in a battle, been in a battle, but yet she's overcoming, step by step, overcoming. And it's starting to feel very much like family. So if it's okay... Can I bring a challenge to your faith tonight? Not funny, not fun, but far out it'll stretch your world. It'll unlock the purposes of God in your life. I feel like God tonight really wants to do some heart work in us because the truth is you are called to impact the world. You are called to impact the world. I've titled this message, The Faith Gap. The faith gap. And we're going to read Mark chapter 9, verses 17 to verse 24. It says this, A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into a fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Verse 23, Jesus says, If you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, Lord, I believe, but please help me with my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit, the deaf and mute spirit. He said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many people said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind only comes out by prayer. 
the faith gap. Peter, James and John were up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. They literally saw Jesus shine and they're having this amazing moment, um, literally experiencing the glory of God and the affirmation of the Father on Jesus. And as they're walking down, they see this huge commotion. They see people fighting. And, um, and so Jesus walks up to them and says, uh, hello, what are you all fighting about? And it turns out that a, a man who had a really sick son, so this grieving, this grieving father had brought in faith his son to the disciples because they were meant to be able to pray the demon out of him. However, they couldn't pray it out. And so uh, from what I can tell, there are three parties in this argument. There's the father who has the son. There's the Pharisees and the, and, and the teachers, of like the, the heads of religion. And then there's the disciples. And Jesus interrupts them and says, what are you doing? What are you doing? The man speaks up and says, my son, I brought him my life, my future, my legacy. I brought him to be healed but your disciples couldn't do anything. And Jesus, Jesus says this this statement. He says, you unbelieving generation. Now, I've got to say from personal experience, just so you know, this whole message comes from a quiet time I had about three months ago. And though it sounds harsh, I actually felt God say to me, you unbelieving generation, Jackson. But when Jesus Christ himself says it, it actually unlocks something, doesn't condemn you. (laughs) He says, you unbelieving generation, this isn't how I've called you to live. This is not your future. Bring the boy to me. So the boy comes and, and Jesus strikes up this odd conversation. How long has the boy been like this? The father uh, answers for, for a long time. The boy has been like this and it often, the spirit inside of him makes, makes my son suicidal. And the father says to Jesus these words, if you can do anything, if you can do anything, please help. And Jesus replies, if I can, if I can, if I can, of course I can. And I want to, and I will. And Jesus casts a demon out of the boy and he's healed. There's a couple of um, key things from this story that we learn. The first one is this, that there is a power that Jesus wants every disciple to have, but not every disciple has it. That there is a power that God wants on the inside of you and on the inside of me, that Jesus desperately wants us to have but not every disciple has this power on the inside of them. The second thing that we, that we notice, excuse me while I find my actual notes. The second thing is we don't have the power because of a lack of faith. That the faith required for the miracle isn't the faith that we have. But the third thing, that we realise from this story is the issue is not that there is a faith gap, that the faith required is more than the faith that we have. The issue is not that we have a faith gap. The issue is what we do with our faith gap. 
So often I find in young adults and young professionals, and I'm speaking from experience, but probably through every generation, when there's an element of unbelief in the inside of us, we let condemnation come in. We let guilt come in. We shouldn't be like this. We start to crack the whip on ourselves. And we start to say, not the from Jesus, you unbelieving generation, let me help you. What we start to say is we start to condemn ourselves. But actually, I think if I'm allowed to do this, I think we should probably just all admit a faith gap is probably pretty normal in the life of a believer. That often we find ourselves in a situation where God's calling us to do something, but the faith required for it isn't the faith that I have. The question is, what are we going to do with the faith gap. I sense over many people in the room because I, I, feel, I, I really do feel like I have a very good read on most people's professionally in the young adult and young professional sphere, a read on where things are at in your life. But I sense that there is a deep, um, there is a deep call in you to significance. I sense that in this room, People on the inside are literally believing that they would live a life that would inspire generations, live a life where it's, it's like common, regular, massive acts of faith. I, I, when I'm talking to people in, in this room, like I talk to Anthony and I talk to different business people. I mean, you guys are killing it in your careers, right? Absolutely nailing it. And there's, a, there's something happening on the inside where you know it's for a bigger purpose than just yourself. But the question is, when do we start our life of big faith? When do we start it? When do we start it? And, and for those who are more seasoned in the room, when do I start my next season of bigger faith? When do I, when do I graduate on from where I am to where God is calling me? Because I sense, certainly I fall into the temptation of waiting around, ready until my faith is better. Maybe if I just give it a to- some time, my faith will be bigger and better. Maybe in the future, at some point, I'll learn to fast because my job won't be so demanding. At some point in the future, I'll do something massive financially, you know, that thing that's been on my heart, you know, you know raise up, rise up in the corporate world to then bless a generation. Eventually, I'll do that one day. But that attitude has only reaped me more waiting and more waiting and more waiting and more waiting and more waiting. And the word that I get for us tonight is your big faith life starts now. And it all has to do with, it all has to do with how you respond to your faith gap. Three thoughts surrounding your faith gap tonight. Number one. Jesus fills the gap. Number one, Jesus fills the gap. The man said, Lord, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. Hey, Jesus, I have a faith gap. (laughs) I have a faith. Jesus, I believe, but I don't have enough belief yet. Help me, Jesus. This is what, instead of waiting to get more faith, how about we start going to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I want more faith. How about an attitude of saying, no, I am not going, the question needs to stop being, if I do this for God, if I respond to the call of God, if I say yes. The question question needs to be, Lord, I'm saying yes, but I need you to help me with my faith now. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says this, 
fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Now, it's, it's unwise to start to think that you yourself created the faith that's on the inside of you. It was, a, it was authored by Jesus. The faith on the inside of you was authored by Jesus. The fact that you believe that there is significance over your life, it was authored by Jesus. The fact that you sense that there is something more in your future than what you have right now, it was authored by Jesus. The fact that you trust a living God, it was authored by Jesus. But He not only authors it, He perfects it. He perfects it. I find myself, because I'm often praying, praying for our whole church, praying for our youth ministry, praying for our young adults and young professionals ministry. And I often find myself praying, God, I just declare over young adults, young professionals, I declare over every person who walks into Horizon Church, you will build your life on a revelation of the power of God. Revelation of the power of God. God, not a revelation of anything else except for the magnificent power of God. Because I just sense in some of us, and I'm speaking from experience, I'm speaking from experience that because we don't have the faith for the next thing that God's calling you to, we shelve it and we occupy our time with other things, build our lives with other things. And I'm scared. I'm scared. You know why? Because otherwise it'll be 40 before my act of faith. And then when I'm 40, it's, it, it just keeps on waiting. I just don't believe that's the purposes of God over you. I believe that in the room tonight, God is doing some heart work saying, the time is now come to me for me, for Jesus to fill the gap. Hebrews chapter six, verse seven, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter four, verse 16, sorry. It says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, in our time of need, we often think when we need money or we need food or we need a new unit to rent or we need this or that, we need a new job. But how about when God's calling you to a stretch of faith, but you don't have the faith yet? You're in need of faith. So I go confidently to the throne of grace and I say, Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. I believe. But God, I need some more faith. I need You to help me with my faith. Work says I will try and be perfect. I'll try and be perfect. I'll try and be perfect. I feel like there's just this, this spirit that sometimes creeps in where I, I feel the pressure to say, I believe, I believe. No, I approach the throne of grace and I say, Lord, I'm coming honestly now. I sense you calling me. I sense you telling me to step out. I sense you, God. I believe but please help with my unbelief. Um, it was very funny. Um, we had um, <laughs> in the youth office, we can see into the next building. Um, so like the office block opposite us. And like we are literally, um, I, I, I face a window exactly the same size as ours. One day we're in the youth office and we notice they have set up a tripod with a camera looking straight into our office. I know. It was creepy, guys. It was very creepy. I'm like, maybe they're just a media firm or something. And do any youth leaders remember this? This, this creepy camera. And we're just like, maybe it's, a, <laughs> maybe it's a, like a media firm. And they're just like, they've got a lot of cameras. And it just happened to be pointed towards us. All right? But then the blinds would close. 
And then like for a week and the blinds would open back up and there the camera was again. Slightly different position but still looking at us. At times, we believe that God is a distant God checking, like looking at us, checking at what we're doing, if we're doing the right thing, if we're stepping out, as if he's this distant force looking down and, and not involved in our lives. God doesn't want to be that. Jesus wants to be intimately involved in your faith life. He's, he's, not, he's not looking down. He's actually holding the hand. He's actually intimately involved with your faith life. And literally, He's right next to you saying, let me help you with your faith. I've got enough, enough faith for you. Number two, don't let the gap stop you. Let it push you to Jesus. Don't let the gap stop you. Let it push you to Jesus. The faith gap could be a good thing if you let it. When I go to F45 in the morning um, and the trainer comes around, I'm like, I don't know, doing some exercise and it's just, you know, when you're at the gym and you're just like, you're just exhausted and you're like, what's the point of this? And you're just like, you're doing far below <laughs> what you could be doing, right? The trainer comes along and uh, you, have two, you have two sort of like directions you could go. You could just be like, stuff it. I'm just doing what I'm doing. He can't tell me what to do or she can't tell me what to do. But often what happens when I notice that someone's with me and watching me, I start to lift a lot heavier <laughs> than I otherwise would have. And what was hard before, because the ego is now involved, <laughs> I, man, I am this, I'm like Arnie. I'm like the strongest person on the planet. When there's a faith gap, you have two options. You can either feel guilt and let condemnation creep in, or you can say, no, I will let this push me to Jesus. I will let this push me to Jesus. I will let this push me to Jesus. Third thing, third thought about the faith gap. Jesus wants to fill the gap now. Jesus wants to fill the gap now. Over every person, I might get the keys up, um, over every person in the room today, I'm not mandating what your faith step is. I'm not mandating the call of God on your life. I, I actually want nothing to do with it. That's you and Jesus. But I am saying there is a faith step now. When we consider our, our, um, our vision offering, there is a faith step now. And, and this, this offering, this offering has been the catalyst of life transformation in my life. And as I said, I've got nothing to do with you and your offering. But I'm just saying, don't say no to the faith step because you don't have enough faith it would be, it would be literally, it, it'll rip you off long term. But those who in the room say, no, I will step up now. I will let Jesus, I will go to the throne of grace and I will say, I sense the core God. It's hard for me. It's difficult for me, but I will go in faith. Literally, you're setting up a pattern of world transformation, faith in your life. I um, say to... Um, I say to, because Alyssa and I, our fam, like our immediate family, it's the youth leaders and youth team because we're, we're with each other every week. But I often hear when we talk about prayer, when we talk about fasting, when we talk about a relationship with God, we often hear heaps of excuses. Heaps of excuses. And I, and I, I frankly warn them. I'm like, be careful of excuses 
because you will be 40 and never have fasted one day in your life. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's so dangerous. And I say to them, and I'd love to say it to you tonight, the excuse mentality to get you out of journeying the faith gap, it's not your future. It's not your core. It's not who you're going to be. It's not your future relationship. It's not what your family is going to be known for. It's not Horizon Church. It isn't Horizon Church. Horizon Church is a faith church. Horizon Church steps up to the plate every single time. Horizon Church actually asks when, when we don't sense the faith gap, we are, God, are we believing for, for enough? Because we sense it as such a core part of what we do, that God, we will believe you. I actually think, Lord, I believe, help me with my unbelief. And, and taking that to Jesus is one of the most pure expressions of faith. Because as soon as I start saying, I believe, got it, got, got this, it all comes back to me. It's all in my power again. But when I am honest to Jesus and I just say, hey, Lord, <laughs> hey, Lord, I believe, help me with my unbelief. All of a sudden, the weight is back on Him. All of a sudden, it's me and Jesus walking forward in our journey together. We're going to have a time of ministry. And I want to really ask the question, who needs to bring the faith gap to Jesus? Before we do that, before we do that, let me talk about our offering. Young adults, young professionals, families, our elder generation. When you follow the call of God, it never leaves you in lack. When you follow the call of God, it never, ever, ever leaves you worse off. Jesus is good. I remember when God asked me to stretch myself in this area, the next three months were filled. I, I did like um, a side business of lighting. <laughs> um, it was a fun time. My very first like solo gig was at Sydney Opera House. Wow, it was stressful. Oh, it was the worst day of my life. The worst day of my life. Worst day of my life. Um, but the way he asked me to stretch, literally three months later, I, with only three months hindsight, I was like, that wasn't a stretch. You know what I mean? I was like, those three opportunities made up for and more. Because He never leaves you in lack. Step up to the plate, young adult, young professional. Step up to the plate. I'm not talking about a mount. I'm talking about the heart. <laughs> I'm talking about a heart that says, Jesus, I will not hide from my faith gap. I will not hide from my faith gap. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Right across the room today, I know that there are brand new guests here today. And I hope what you've been feeling today, because the underlying message of all of this, the underlying message of all of this is that you were created on purpose. You are not meant to live an ordinary life. You are not a number or a statistic. You are not another face. You are not just another human. No, you were created on purpose for a purpose. God, before the beginning of the world, formed and fashioned you to be exactly the way that you are. And He set out good works for you to do. He set out a plan for your life that you would follow and live in the blessing of God. And you may find yourself here today never hearing the message of Jesus Christ. 
And I say you're made on purpose. So I say God formed and fashioned you. And your response is probably this because I felt it before as well. And it is, I don't deserve it. But the wrong I've done, the sin that is in my life. Friend, I've got to tell you some good news tonight. Jesus Christ made a way for you for sin to be gone, for every mistake that you, um, sin, error, mistakes, wrong, every, every, every part of your life that wasn't the purposes of God. Jesus made a way that you'd be forgiven and reconnected to your Father in heaven, that you'd be reconnected to the life source, that you'd be reconnected to your purpose, that you'd be unlocked into a new life. He died on the cross, took the punishment for sin, mistake, error, wrong, rose again to give you new life. And He says, anyone who believes in me confesses with their mouth that I am Lord, they shall be saved. Right across this room, I know that there are people ready to give their hearts to Jesus, ready to say goodbye to the ordinary life and instead accept a supernatural, brand new life from God, being born again. So let me help you pray this prayer. Say this after me. Dear Jesus, I come to you tonight and I offer my life, the good, the bad and the ugly. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your resurrection power. And I declare today that I shall live in your resurrection life. It's a new day for me. I reconnect with my original purpose. And that was, be, that was to be connected to God and live with Him with every head bowed and every eye closed right across the room. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you meant it, you made a decision for Jesus today. Can I get you to lift up your hand really boldly so I can pray for you? Right now, right across the room. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, so good over here. So proud of you. That is amazing. God loves you. You can put down your hand. That is exceptional. I'm so happy today. Who else? So good. Anybody else today? Beautiful. Father God, we just thank You for this amazing person. God, we just thank You for the life that comes when we open up our hearts to You. We remember ourselves that moment where we gave our life to Jesus Christ. God, may You come and touch her right now. Bless her right now. Fill her to overflowing. Fill her to overflowing where it's felt empty and dark. We declare the life of God to to fill to the point of overflowing in Jesus' mighty Name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.